give them nothing, but take from them everything. What's up? This is Michael from Sunflower Dead, and you're listening to the Metal Hand of God podcast. Stay weird. And welcome back to the Metal Hand of God podcast. I am your host, Wayne, and you know these two fine gentlemen as... Josie and the Pussycats. You fucking no, it queer. Is not. No. <laughs> that was Adam, and I am the rum guy. Yes, and uh, you know what's going to happen in a few minutes. We're going to say a lot of foul things and stuff like that. But we have a very special guest today, Mr. Michael Del Pizzo from the band Sunflower Dead. What's up, dudes? How's it going, sir? I know I know. we just asked, said that like three times, but again, how's it going? <laughs> It's it's going absolutely wonderful. I'm here in the sunshine of Southern California, and I really have not much to complain about. That's good because it's drab and ugly over here, so that's good. Yeah, it's like fucking Scotland here in Savannah. Yeah, exactly. Same here. Uh, oh, that's. <laughs> I know that's what they say. Savannah and Scotland are basically the same. Like, why would you go to uh, you know Western Europe when you can? Well, you just go, go to, to fucking Savannah. Savannah. Yeah. Exactly. Just go to Savannah. And they're all here anyway. <laughs> I've always put them on the same type of situation Savannah and Scotland. So, I mean, you know, they're very similar. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, even the, the attitudes of the people that, when you go there. About the yeah, same. they're both drunk. Yeah. <laughs> always. There's a lot of haggis. There's sheep involved. It's, it's a whole day. <laughs> always. always. <laughs> oh, there's sheep involved. That's a completely different episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, so Sunflower Dead, man. Uh, you guys... Uh, you guys have a new record out, correct? Yeah, it's called It's Time to Get Weird. Yes. I've, I've only heard the one song off of it, the one that has uh, Jonathan Davis on it. Yeah, the title track. Yeah. And it's actually, uh, dude, I really enjoyed it a lot. I love Thanks, the man. I love the video, actually. The the cartoon is yeah. fucking well, how, priceless. How did that come to be? Because that, that is absolutely, whoever did that did a really good job. Well, um, you know, like videos to me are the worst part about being in a band because... If, if you don't capture the band, you know, it sucks because it's permanent, right? Right. But um, right. I, I've, I've never really been 100% happy with any of our videos. So I told the guys in our management, I'm going to write this next video. It's got to be special. I told them exactly what I wanted. I want a Scooby-Doo style cartoon that's fun for people to watch. We're going to do the song with Jonathan because, you know, I mean, John made into a cart. <clears throat> excuse me, a cartoon is rad and. I just kind of wrote, I took the story of John's life before he was in corn. He was a, you know, like a mortician. Right, right, right. Yeah. And then I combined it with the, the graphic novel backstory of Sunflower Dead, of how we became Sunflower Dead, and combined the two things. And we got these rad animators, and they took it and, and, and made it amazing. Oh, it was, it was, it was, it was, uh, you nailed it because it was very, very cool. Because I, I have a hard time going through videos. Right. A lot of times, and, and like you said, it, he's it, a drunk and he falls asleep easy. Well, there's that. <laughs> but the uh, that video really, uh, it was like this is I got to see it from the beginning to end. It was one of those type of things. It was very very cool. Yeah, man, it works on a lot of different levels, and um, I, you know, it, it, if you're looking for the the dark twisted undertones, it's in there. If you're looking for just fun, it's in there. If you just like Jonathan, it's it's in there. You know, it's a really 
fun, cool, you know, four minutes of viewing. Well, you, uh, uh, he, he does great, but uh, the, you guys, you guys are amazing. Uh, I, and I know you've probably done this interview a lot of times, but the, uh, the start of this band, uh, how did you guys just decide to come all together? Uh, we all were dudes from um, other bands here in Southern California that have been, you know, either signed or touring or doing stuff and gotten to a certain level of success, but never like plateaued. And, um, you know, we just kind of, me and the guitar player Jabu had an idea to start a band where we literally cherry picked people from other bands and sure. that we liked and kind of the rock stars, you know, got rid of all the dead weight and just picked the people that really, really wanted to do it. And, uh, we kind of did that. You know, we pulled uh, Jamie Tessere. He's our rhythm guitarist. He was from the band Droid. They were signed to Monkey from Korn's record label in the mid-2000s. Oh, wow. Nice. And on bass, we have um, Lats Kearns. And he's from Australia, actually. But he was signed to Columbia Records in a band called Memento. They did OzFest in the early 2000s. And right. our drummer, Jimmy Schultz, he did some touring within this moment. He plays with all kind of bands. And these are all dudes that, you know, were the rock stars in their bands. And, and um we we pulled them and they all wanted to wear makeup for some odd reason. So that worked too. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's kind of a fantasy when you're in a rock band. It was like, when when is a good time for a dude to wear makeup? I, I really <laughs> I, I really thought it was like the fantasy of the rock band was getting laid. Yeah, well, well that's well, well that's a usually a reality. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. whatever. Yeah, Makeup's cool too. My band have a problem getting laid, so we don't really need the music. <laughs> Luckily, you know. But actually, I would assume that the makeup would deter the women. But a lot of girls come to the depends shows, on the chick. I, depends on the chick, right? You know. But uh, you know, I mean, it's just weird. We were never dudes that would ever be like into wearing makeup or that kind of thing. But we were like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's entertain people and have a good time. That's fucking awesome. You know, I, I seen you. I saw you guys one time. Uh, you guys played in New Orleans at a place called The Hangar. You guys opened. Oh, yeah. You guys played with Head PE. And, yeah, yeah. And I'm not mistaken. It might have been you that was standing outside with me when two dudes got in a fist fight by the bus. You know what? I don't know if that was me standing next to you, but it could have been. You know, there's always fights, man. Because, That's crazy. Because it was funny. Because I, I, uh, me and whoever, whichever one of your members, it could have been you or one of the other guys, were standing out there and we looked at each other. I'm like, this is gonna, act, this is actually happening, and we were watching these two guys <laughs> beat the shit out of each other right outside the door. It was pretty funny. Well, that is. From- you're from New Orleans, like you act like you've I, never seen a fight before. Like, I, I, I know, really but happen? it was great. Those two men going to engage in fisticuffs, especially where that place is, because well, I yeah. the first time we went there, we were like, "Huh." Well, you don't well, have to worry about okay. it anymore. It, it, it burned to the ground, so you don't have to worry about it anymore. Oh, you know what? I'm not really bummed about that. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. And actually, actually, it's a pretty tragic story. Yeah. It is. It's a horrible story. You know, if if you got a minute when we're offline, I'll tell you. But uh, right. but uh, why I'm laughing? It's a truly tragic <laughs> story. Well, I'm sure the story's tragic, but I don't know if you ever went into that place as a green oh yeah 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 closet. I've, I've, well, well, the I've green closet. Like oh my god. Oh yeah yeah I mean, yeah. The, you know, we had a lot of we had two good, really good shows there. So you know, but it was just like wow, man, that place was like whew. And that place used to be a really good place uh, when it first had opened. Uh, the Hangar used to, you know, have other really, you know, major bands played there. Like, uh-huh. but it went to the shithole like <laughs> did, pretty did, did quick. Did the management change, or what happened there? The the management had changed, and you know right. things like that. So it just kind of got pretty, uh, 
It went down in, in quality, actually. You know, it was pretty bad. It happens. It happens. I saw you know, that. Uh, I saw that you guys are doing, uh, or or have you just come off? You, I, I saw a blurb about you doing a European tour. Yeah, we went to Europe for the first time last summer. We did uh, about four weeks on the European mainland with Snot, and then we went to the UK with Corn and opened for them for a couple shows for their twentieth anniversary of the first album thing they did. Yeah, and that was like you know that I love that record, and so to be able to play with them and watch them do it and have them watch us, it was. It was really cool, and you know we had already recorded with John, so it was it was a really fun time. And wow, man, the, the crowds in in the UK were amazing. Uh, they, yeah, the UK is the place to be when it comes to definitely metal. I mean, or any yeah. type of rock music. That's a great scene up there. There's no doubt about. It. I mean, they were because the, you know we were the opening act, so you never know who's going to file in. But man, those kids packed in early, and it was awesome. Oh, very cool. It, no. very cool. When you play it overseas, do you mm-hmm. do you like really? I mean, you, don't you feel ashamed when you come down here and play in some of these some of these shows and they kind of suck? I mean, I, I can't really say we've we've really had to deal with that. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think it's more of like when you do like the local things, yeah. You get those shows that you're like, oh, but you know what? The truth is, that's everywhere. That you know, it's everybody thinks that the grass is greener somewhere else and True. it really isn't it really is the same everywhere you know well, rock the grass and metal is actually rock pretty metal. green in greenland so well yeah possibly haven't been there yet but possibly coming up greenland <laughs> <laughs> well, i got to tell you you know I, I i listened to the to the song and i watched the video and i really relate because you know in my life it's always time to get weird yeah man damn I, do. I i dig the title i think it's very cool you know, and that, that we, we got that title because we were, you know, we were we put out our first our debut album in 2012, and we started touring right away. We didn't do any local stuff; we just started doing national touring with bigger bands. And so we're this brand new band opening for these bigger bands, and we got makeup on. I play the accordion, and like, you know, all of a sudden we're walking out on stage every night, and nobody knows who the fuck we are. And <laughs> my guys in the band, they were kind of like, God, this is like a little nerve wracking, you know? So. They, my one guitarist just started saying, all right, well, it's time to get weird. Let's go do our thing. And it stuck. And we started saying it as we built fans. They started saying it. That's Their second cool. title had to be – the second album had to be titled that. We, you know, we, Then we wrote the song. We got John on it because if anybody – the song is about being yourselves no matter what you know, anybody says, no matter who's mocking you. And if, if anybody understands that, it was John. So it was the perfect song to have him sing with me on. I think it was, awesome. it was a really great choice, uh, and you guys nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. cool. Um, question on the on the accordion. Yeah, man. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> why? <laughs> well, no, I'm not going to say why. No, why wasn't even going to come up. How? Oh, I thought you meant like why are you going to ask this question? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, uh, this is what I'm thinking. Accordion. Mm-hmm. All right, this is I, I'm thinking. There's a. There's a, a young kid. There's a young Michael, mm-hmm. and 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 Is he's sitting him? there. Was like, I want to, I want to yes, play an him. instrument, and and somebody goes, and the family goes, you're going to play accordion like your cousin. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to ask too. Was like, how did you yeah. get into the playing well, the accordion of all instruments? The the truth is to show you that I've always been um, a complete weirdo. I actually, when I was a kid, I played took piano lessons like every other kid. Mm-hmm. Sure. When I was about twenty. I decided I wanted to learn something else that would be challenging, so I went to a pawn shop and bought an accordion on my own and learned how to play it because I figured it would be challenging and fun to do because nobody really plays it. 
And I picked it up and it just kind of like, it felt like it belonged with me. I can't, I can't well, explain people, it. People it don't just, realize because accordion is a complicated instrument. Oh yeah. Totally. Totally. And it, when played well, it does sound good. I've, I'm originally from up north, up uh, Pennsylvania, not okay. far from New York border, that sort of thing. All right. Um, and there are, strangely enough, a lot of groups that, that, that do accordion. Hmm. Uh, but you can play an accordion and be a badass at it because it, <laughs> it, it is an amazing instrument. It's very versatile. To me, an accordion is uh, – I, I put accordion – and bagpipes in the same grouping because they're both complicated instruments, um, and you can get some amazing tones and some some tones out of it and sounds out of it that you're not expecting. Yeah. Well, and, what's cool about the accordion really is like, um, besides the tonal thing, is that it really is like a piano where you are playing the whole the whole accompaniment. You're doing the rhythm, the harmony, and the melody. You're not just playing one piece of the accompaniment you're doing right. all of it so you're not limited musically with what you do now i don't really play it that way in the band because you really wouldn't notice certain things if i was doing all these intricate things i play it more like a, a creepy keyboard kind of droney thing because this way it's it sits it sits above the music when i play it well that's right. cool and that, you know what it's gonna have a and i i commend you for doing that i mean you could have gone to that pawn shop and went hey i play you know, I play keys. I'm going to go for a keytar. Right. Oh, Ju- oh my God. <laughs> but she went for the accordion, so I'm giving... Way to go, Rum. Way to go. Way, way, way to make him go, oh, my God. You know? <laughs> right. The accordion's bad enough, but the keytar, that's just that's over the line. Throwing the fucking keytar down, dude. Over what, what is I this? Know. I think it's time for the keytar to make a comeback. I know it's coming back. It's you know what, man? Back. The accordion for me, I don't know what it is, because I, I don't listen to music with the accordion. You know, I don't... I couldn't tell you who accordion players are. I'm not that guy. It just, but what I do with it, it just works with me. And that's cool, it, man. I call it my inhuman lung because it feels like an extension of my body, and it's just my little thing, you know. That's fucking like, cool, man. And, and it's a really cool thing. I mean, you don't see an accordion in a, in, a, in a metal act or a rock band at all. No, the only the only people that do it. There's a couple bands from Europe that do like that folk metal stuff. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And they they have accordions, but them dudes are like. They're seriously like getting down on the damn thing. It's yeah, like, they're they're strictly they're really folky though too. You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. There is a uh, and I, this is a really obscure band. It's a Russian band called uh, um, Half Dead Rasputin. They okay. do amazing shit with accordion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't doubt it. There's it really is such a versatile thing that you could kind of do whatever you want. For us, I mean, it's a twofold. You know, it sounds killer, right? And, but it also looks. It's so visual when I play it and pull it out for people that at first I walk out and the, the kids scream Urkel or Weird Al, you know, they don't know what's going on. And right. as soon as I play it, everybody shuts up and the, the, the camera phones come out and they start filming, you know, I can see all the lights <laughs> in the air because they've never seen this nonsense, you know, and it makes everybody shut up just to see what I'm going to do. And then it's a really good way to kind of like get everyone's what? attention very quick. You're right cuz it's it's a shock factor too because there's a there's very few bands right right now that are out that are doing any sort of musical shock factor. Sure. You're um, right. One one band and I and I'm, I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me but uh, one band that it when I heard them that uh, was kind of shocking to me to a point where it's like well this, not that it's like oh it's amazing it's just it's just really bizarre cuz I wasn't expecting it was was the band Ghost. Sure. Oh yeah, dude. Go. That, sure, of course. When when uh, I don't when know, they I disagree. Really? 
I don't actually know. He has no idea who Ghostface. When you look at that band, did you really expect to hear like a seventies rock band? No, no, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect Deep Purple to come out of that. Deep Purple mixed in with like Merciful Fate. Yeah, yeah. Did you expect? I didn't expect to hear that. I think it's cool. I understand that it's polarizing, kind of like we are, and people love it or hate it, but. Like, I get what they do, and I was like, you know what, good for them for writing those kinds of songs and just sure. going, hey, this is 70s rock. It was cool. awesome, dude. It was so it, cool. It's, it's a really kind of cool because it, it took – I went when um, um, Joe Pano actually is the first person, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. a friend of ours that uh, introduced me to this. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go, and I listened to it. I listened to one song. I went out and bought the album. Mm-hmm. I listened – to the entire album, and I'm like, man, I I know some of these phrases in these songs. Sure. Why do I know? Because I know they're not they're not remakes, you know. Right. Like, why why do I know some of these lines in the song? And then I went back. It was like these are some lines ripped right out of the Necronomicon. Mm-hmm. And I'm oh, like, yeah. this is uh, this is like like the one song they just had out this year was uh, "Pit and a Pendulum." Sure. Uh, that 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 song was amazing. You know, it was like, well, that's right out of it because it was almost verbatim. Mm-hmm. Uh, but very very cool, and and that's what I think of you uh, when I when I heard your 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 band play. It was like these guys have something unique and original, and I think this is going to be something that everybody's going to want to freaking go out and get. That's I, cool. I'm just pissed off I didn't get to see you guys live when Wayne saw you guys live. Yeah, man, that was a really good show. <laughs> oh, cool, man. Yeah, that was for the first album. Right on. I know um, we were um, we were the tour we're going to do within this moment this summer was supposed to come into new Orleans, but they just canceled that show and they rerouted it. But we are playing a, that on that tour. We're coming to Georgia. To, oh, cool. Is the masquerade far from you guys in Atlanta? Masquerade is over in Athens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not far from me. Yeah. So we're going to be there in have, either June or July. I think you have, you ever played there before or? twice upstairs and downstairs and both okay. times were great. Fun, that's a really fun gig to play. Mm-hmm. You, you need no, to go, wrong. Uh, uh, one of the last, I uh, can't remember what the last show it was. I think I saw, um, oh, who the hell was it? It was, uh, God, uh, Black Tusk. Okay. Um, Kai Lessa, and I can't remember who else was playing. Uh, all it. Georgia I, bands? No, no, there was, uh, there was two other bands. One was from uh, LA or, or Los Angeles area, and one was from New York. Cool. Anyway, but uh, there were so many freaking people there. It looked like a Super Bowl, like free <laughs> party. They were That's out cool. in the parking lot. I mean, there was just they were everywhere. That's really cool. But uh, really, really good gig right there. I mean, that's a great. Yeah, and that place is closing down this year, from what I've heard. Well, hopefully, yeah, it, it's possible. But mm. uh, they already have investors. Oh, good. Uh, somebody is uh, from I think Germany uh, has decided to uh, possibly come in and. Uh, Help them out with that, and I'm sure they're going to be a, a primary shareholder if they do it. But well, damn, well that's, that's really cool because cool, I, I definitely I like that place and the people from that area are really cool. Yeah, Athens is great. It's a it's a big college town. Mm-hmm. Um, now now the Savannah area, a uh, few hours this you know, from from Athens, uh, is also a college town, but it's an art college town. So okay. the, you've got a completely different oddball crowd. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Which is. Uh, you know, it, it makes it makes for a, an interesting uh, venue. If if you want to get drunk a lot, <laughs> that's the place to be. Savannah okay. is any, any any place near Rome is the place to be if you want to get. Yeah, drunk. Savannah <laughs> Savannah is an Irish town. Okay, um, uh, so a very Irish town. All right. Um, so uh, 
were, you know, and if you, uh, you know, what he's saying is that the carpets match the drapes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, uh, you you mix, you mix a lot of international uh, people that are in, uh, in this area for college and and art school. Right. You've got an interesting venue. That's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Without a doubt. But uh, California, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, uh, where where where'd you say whereabouts in California? Orange County, uh, you know, about you know, forty minutes south of Los Angeles. Oh, nice, cool. nice. Yeah. So that's where you guys are based, right? That's where you're from, all y'all, or? Well, me and uh, the lead guitarist are actually from Philadelphia originally. Nice. And, all right, um, Philly. I, I won't hold that against you. <laughs> right. <on. laughs> I'm, I'm I'm closer to Pittsburgh. Okay, well, I will hold that against you. Ah! <laughs> no, no, you know, Pittsburgh's all good, man. Those, they treat us well, too, when we go there. But That's great. My, my bass is from Australia, and then my other guitarist and drummer, they're actually from Southern California. So we're all here for music, and, you know, from t- doing the touring thing, we knew each other, and then just it worked out. But, yeah, the band's based out of Long Beach, California. Oh, okay. Wow, okay. That's cool. Well, they, that's the state, one of the states to be in when you're when you're definitely in a, in a group or in some sort of band because uh, yeah. California musical musical state. You know, the uh, East Coast version I would say would be New York. I would think. Yeah, you know, when when uh, I was younger and uh, we were deciding me and my guitarist what we should do musically, it, it was basically go to New York or L.A. because we weren't going to do music in Philadelphia. It was a sports town, and you know, it's yeah. Like, Right, and so we were like, uh, well, and I was like, well, I'm not living in New York. You know, I love New York City, but I don't I'm not living there. So it was California all the way. Yeah, and it was Latin, the right choice. Uh, Philly's a weird town. I mean, it, it's an amazing place, but I just remember everybody in that town screaming at each other for no reason. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I'd be walking down, and all I heard was, "Quit busting my balls!" Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. No, not for nothing. Stop busting my balls. Stop busting my balls. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, holy shit, these people are angry. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, they're really nice people, but it's just it's a more impassioned type of speech impediment that everyone from Philly yeah, has. Yeah, it's, so. it's, it's like it's <laughs> Philadelphia, but if you, if you took a little Jersey, a little New York, yeah, and, yeah. And you throw it all in one spot, that's Philly. Yeah, you know, my, my, uh, my guitarist always says, he goes, you know, Philly's pissed off because, you know, we're not New York. You know what I'm saying? They always had just a bigger city, you know, all that type of thing. We're just, yeah. we're just a little more mad than they are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you just give them the finger and say, we got the bell. Fuck off. Yeah, there, we, there you go. Hey, we were the first capital of the U.S., so fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, that well, serious. Hey, we're, we're, we're the murder capital, so we win. Yeah, there you go. You know what, though? If Philly was up there a couple of years ago, not that we should be proud of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, we I, killed I, more people than you, so I, fuck off. I, I, think, yeah. I think Detroit... Not per capita, you didn't. I sorry. think Detroit <laughs> wins over us, but, you know. That's funny. So yeah. what? Uh, where where are you look? Where's the uh, first stop on the new tour here in April? Uh, with Avatar, it's in Tennessee, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and then we uh, head up to the great city of New York City, and then all start right. doing. Yeah. We're actually playing Philly too, but we're going all over the place with them. I think it's like twenty shows in you know twenty five days, and then that's, um, a good, that's a good band too. Yeah, I love Avatar, and, and our fans have been asking for that tour since we started, so we got that offer about four weeks ago, because we got picked up by their booking agent, so we were like, yeah, definitely, let's do that, so that's going to be a really good one for us and them. So, wait, well, what kind of music does James Cameron play? Uh, fucking well, idiot. <laughs> it's these guys that are really tall and blue, and uh, they wear a cop- uh, uh No, nice try, though. 
right. uh, they're, they're, they're they're definitely a good band. They're uh, oh yeah. Uh, when they first when they first hit the scene, I was like, Wayne, you got to hear this band. Yeah, he kept saying, dude, you got to get this. You got to hear this. I'm like, okay, okay, calm the fuck down. I'm gonna go listen to it. <laughs> but man, yeah, you could you cool. you two would fit together so well. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be cool. You know, we're both very theatric. They're more, uh, they're more like got that circusy kind of vibe, and mm-hmm. we're a little more loosey goosey rock when we play live. And it's it's gonna be a good show for people. Very, very cool. I'm, 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 I'm kind of hoping to hear you guys more on the radio right now. I know you. I know that you're getting played on the radio. Yeah, yeah, we're doing good. You know, we just broke the top fifty a couple weeks ago, so we're doing good considering we're still a new band. Um, we're growing, you know. It's our second yeah. single to radio, and it's growing, and I'm not complaining because there's a lot of bands you know, behind us in the charts that are wanting to be higher, so I'm happy with where we are now. Hell yeah, dude. You, I wouldn't complain at all. I'd be like, mm-hmm. fuck it. Let's just keep going. Yep. Well, yep. Just look forward, man. That's all you got to do. Little, so when, when, you, when you started mm-hmm. back, back, in, back in Philly, I, I sound like it's going to be a Fresh Prince song. Back in Philly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, born and raised. from West Philly, so... <laughs> We all on the uh, playground for most of your days. <laughs> when when you when you decided, hey, you know, let's start a band. Let's uh, get in a band. Did you think it would progress to this point? Uh, all I know is this. All I know is this. When I was a kid and I was sitting in the back of my parents' car and certain songs would come on the radio, mm-hmm. I would see myself singing on stage in front of like 20, 30,000 people. And I was so young, I wasn't singing at this point. And I would think to myself, I don't know what that's all about, you know. I, I don't know why I keep having that vision, but and it just kept progressing. And then when I got into my teens, it was like everything became about music, and I just that was my focus. No matter what I did, it was just I kept thinking music, music, music. So it was always kind of there, you know. Even did, if did you get a lot of grief it. for it? No, no, you know, not really. Well, I mean, were the were the the people around you were they supportive? Were they like? Like buckle up and you know settle down and you, you need know, to go to school. school stop, and, stop being silly. Stop touching yourself. Nah, <laughs> uh, you know. I mean, I never really had like a lot of uh, uh, you know non-support. I mean, when I was when I sucked at what I did, you know, I, I was, uh, <laughs> people were like, "Okay, sure, yeah, you're going to be a rock star." But um, you know, as as I progress and hopefully keep progressing, that sentiment. I mean, when we came to California and got our first record deal. Then everybody was like, oh, my God, you know, yeah, so it was like, you. holy That's shit. Awesome. And then now, you know, we've been doing it so long and now this band is really starting to do well. Now, every, you know, now everybody's on board and, and I'm happy for that because we have a lot of support. So it's all well, good. And, you know, in, in um, a lot of people, uh, I mean, you guys have paid your dues a hundred times over. Mm-hmm. Easy. Uh, but a lot of a lot of people coming up and they're they're getting in these groups. I mean, I'm not talking just the guys in the garage and stuff like. Well, maybe, maybe a little bit, but you know, they're they're coming up and they're going. You know, we're just going to do this and it's going to be bang, 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 and then we're going to be famous. They don't. A lot of people that I have listened to, gone and see, and I've I've had conversation with, they they don't get the concept of you know th- this is taking some work, guys. You have it's to just, pay your dues. There's no magic. That that is universal that you can just reach into a bag and grab it like boom I'm a rock star you know yeah. boom, you know this what? is gonna happen. I always tell people this. Everybody always asks me for advice, and I say I, I break it down to them real quick as far as music or being an artist of any kind. So it comes down to need and want. If you want to be in a band and you want to go on tour and you want to be on stage, you should probably quit. If you need to do it, no matter what the cost, no matter 
how the industry sucks, no matter who you're playing in front of, if you need to just do it, you have to do it regardless, then it's for you. So if you want, quit. Yeah. If you need, it's for you. Well, that I, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, man. it does. It really <laughs> does. Because I think I think it. a lot of people need to hear that because there there are some people that are that are they're out there they're 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 think they're trying but they're nearly not trying. You know, it's 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 a lot a lot of 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 um, being in a band and touring and all that stuff sucks. Like yeah. it's difficult. You know, it's great, but it's difficult, and it, you sacrifice everything your health, your time with your family and your loved ones. I mean, and I know that sounds cliche, but it is tough and it wears on you. It's a lot of fucking work, man. (laughs) It's a lot of work. But like I said, if you need to do it, you you just, it doesn't matter. There's, there's a, I can't, honest to God, I can't remember who the hell it was. I talked to so many people, but uh, they said um, uh, a a piece of advice that uh, I remember when I was young and I was in a band and they said, if you really want to be in this business, there's, there's a word you really got to learn. And I asked what that was. He said, no. Yeah. yeah. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you don't and can't get past no, yeah. then just stop. It just uh, you know, and you know what you learn, you know, and, and what I learned on uh, the a caveat to that is all mm-hmm. no. If you really need it and you really have something good to offer, all a no is is a not now. It's a not That's true. now because not now. if you yeah, keep it's, it's on no at it and you keep getting better and keep tweaking what you do and, and until you find really how to express yourself to where it resonates with people, then all of a sudden those no's become yes. Then they then they become like, please come this way. Then they become, I want to pay you. Then all of a sudden That's you're right. like, holy shit. Like how did, how did this turn around so quick? Right. Exactly. <laughs> because it's like a light switch when it happens. Exactly. It, then it just then you're on. almost like taken aback like, oh my God, you want to pay me money to do this? Whoa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right on. That's, that's the way to go right there. Mm. But it does. A no is a not now as long as you're willing to put in the work. Because some people, they get no, 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 and they keep doing the same thing. They keep saying, well, if I just keep at it, it's like it's not about just doing the same thing over and over again. You constantly have to tweak what you do. You know, listen to the, listen to the critics in the sense that you just pay attention, okay? Because every now and then you might hear something go, you know what? I think they're right because I think I'm doing this a little wrong. And if I just tweak it a little bit this way with what I have to offer – Sure. Now it resonates with people. Sure, because yeah. I mean, what's you know what's good ten years ago may not be good now. Exactly. You know? Or I mean, so you can't be doing ten years ago stuff unless mm-hmm. you feel unless someone in the industry is going. Well, this is coming back. Sure. Yeah. This, yeah. This, you know, you've got to listen to the the people who have their finger on the pulse of what's happening. Yeah. You know, and, and there's a lot of assholes out there. The industry is is cruel. The industry I, is fucking cruel. Oh, and it, ha- it has to be. It has to be. It cruel. has to be. But yeah. if you can get through the cruelty, you yeah. know, they, they got to be cruel to be kind. You know what? I don't know if you guys ever watched that, that Metallica movie, Some Kind of Monster, you know, when they were. Uh, I, watched, I watched some of it, yeah. But you, there was one really good point, and is they were getting offered to do a, um, some, kind of, some kind of show where they were going to get an award, right? But yeah. there still were like caveats to it. And James Hatfield looks at his manager and goes, after everything we've done, we still have to jump through fucking hoops. We're Metallica. What the fuck? And that's when you realize it doesn't matter who you are. You always are going to be working to prove yourself. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't ever end. It doesn't. Because and that's you, Metallica. You, they even have to work to stay relevant. Exactly. You're always jumping through hoops. It's never what you did. It's what are you doing now. And, and yeah. that's it. I mean, and, and you, you know, if you, you've got a, you know, whoever is out there and they've got a great song. 
it's a great song now, but your next song or, or your next idea, it better be it better be progressing. It better be. That's right. Or, yeah, or, or the be. people that are watching it are going to, and not, it's not just the Joe Blow, the the blue collar guy. It's it's the people that are in the industry are going to be looking at it, and going, eh, that, well, okay, well, they're doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, every every time you think you get to a level, you're like, all right, I, I think I've cracked in a little bit. You mm-hmm. realize, nope, there's about seven other mountains to climb now. Seven thousand <laughs> other mountains I got to jump over now. Holy yeah, crap! You, yeah, yeah, but you know you're, what? You're, there ain't no mountain high enough. Oh, really? Really? Sing it for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cruel to be kind. Yeah, yeah, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> It's hey, I'll use another metaphor. You got to fight your way out of the onion because where you start it stinks, but you got to go through each Damn, damn, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's a good one. I always tell people this: they go, they go, they go. Where? How do you feel about where you are now? And I say, you know where I feel sunflower dead is. I feel we're finally in the ballpark. We're in the stadium finally. You know, we want to be down on the field playing with the big boys, but at least we're in the ballpark. We're not outside waiting in line anymore. We're That's in. Right. Now we just have to keep working to, you know, keep going, getting the, closer to that field. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's 20,000 there. people behind you right now, and that's where you guys started, and that's amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I got a question, man. What, what, do, you, sure. how, what do you think about, in, in my personal opinion, now I, I, don't, I don't know your age or anything like that, but I, I'm in my 40s, and, and when I was younger and we'd go to the record, like me and Rum have this conversation all the time. I go to the record store when I was, when I was a kid, and you know, you looked at all the stuff, and you, you bought your one album, and you listened to it over and over and over again. What, how do you feel about the society today where it's, it's, the, it's like the instant gratification with music where people just want a fucking single, and that's it? For me, I come from the day and age where you came from, where the, everything, it was the whole experience was the ritual, going to the store, right. looking at the album cover, buying it, whether it was a vinyl or a CD yeah. or a cassette or whatever it was. You get it home, you peel off the, 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 the plastic, and then you smell the, the, <laughs> the, the casing. You know that smell? Yes. Yeah. You look at the artwork, you read all the lines. You were so fucking excited, it. you know? Who got thanked, the lyrics, whatever they had. You look at the pictures while you're listening to that music. Yes. And, 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 and whether you love the record the first time or not, because you paid for it and because you brought it home, you listened to it and listened to it until you liked it. Right. Or you, and, and, and it was that whole... That's where I come from. That whole immersion, like that experience where you had it, you know? And you, I mean, you saved your fucking money to go get this one record, you know? Right. And, and then, or, or how many times you go to the store and you saw a cover and said... I don't even know what the hell this is, but I'm going to buy that. Because but I want it. Cover. Yes, all the yeah. time. <laughs> right? There's nothing better to I, me than going to the music store. Yes. I think I think the one of the funnest parts of that was not it, it was it was learning the music and hearing the music and discovering it, but the challenge was convincing all of your friends they sure. need to go buy this album. Yes. You got to hear this. You got to go buy it. You know, I mean, totally, without a doubt. It was a whole experience. It was listening to music and buying it. It's, it was a ritual. Let's go to the store, and then they have the listening booths. Let's listen to all the oh, shit. Yes. Now we're going to buy it. Let's yeah. buy the DVD. Yeah, I mean, uh, the coolest thing, well, there's one problem. Do you know how many cassettes I had that were uh, uh, like bootleg live performances? Yeah, I mean that there was a go. thing too back that in the day. Cool. It was like yeah. like trading different yeah. freaking cassettes. Some mm-hmm. some dumbass would sneak in the recorder, and it was and it just sounded like, like it was supposed to be stereo, but it ended up like mono with like like a Cheetos bag yeah. rustling in the so, background. But. So what's the problem, Adam? 
Well, y'all are making it sound like people just decided like well, they don't want that anymore, but that's not the case. It's it's well, that it music like- became more and more prepackaged, and and bands got lazy and put out like they'll put out killer singles, but then you go and you buy an album and there's four good songs, all of which you've heard, and the rest of it's shit. And that's why music's moved more to buying things uh, a la carte because you can't trust a large number of bands to actually put in all their effort i mean even look at like when i was a kid the biggest band on the planet was pearl jam Mm -hmm. and side a was awesome but side b was shit and then everything they put out after that was like ripped off neil young shit you know like it's yeah i hear that and i'm not saying that's every band but after a certain number of times of getting burned, what you're going to do is you'll buy the album of your favorite artist because, and, and, and even that depends on like who you are and what type of music you're listening to. But, you know, it's, it's not, it, a lot of music changed roughly in the early 80s because of MTV, where it went sure. from being about musicians to being about this corporate it, image. Yeah, the image. The image came in. They sold the image. That's why bands like that all of a sudden that had a good looking singer. Their they records were started selling. Yeah, right, right. right. That's why yeah. punk music came up because sure. like punk punk music wasn't about making good music. It was about being anti-establishment. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Now now it's now it's not now it's now you got this, uh, this now it's huge, about Avril Lavigne. Yeah, yeah. This huge pop punk movement that's just. Uh, I, I don't even want to. Whenever even get I see that. some kid like like yeah, you know I'm I'm punk I, rock. I'm dressing punk, or I or this is my you know. Look, can you hear it? It's a punk sound. I'm like, well, punk wasn't a sound. Yeah, it was, and it's it wasn't a style of dress. Like that that was the whole point of it. If you're dressed, you know, like uh, well, well, you know, I mean, now we're going back a few years, but Blink 182 was supposed to be a punk band, <laughs> and yet they were sponsored by a corporation. Right, sure. right, right. And you know what? I th- I think. You know, I used to think like that too, but the way I put everything, I put everything into perspective and categories now. I go, like, if you're going to start a band, I think you have to decide what you want to do. If you want to be this kind of band and and reach this kind of level, you know, or certain kind of level, then you have to go a certain route, right? Um, Right. So I don't have, if somebody says to me, you know what, I want to be a pop artist and be played on the station where they play J-Lo or whatever the hell's big and pop right now. I say, good for you for deciding what you are, what you want to be. I can respect that. These are the steps you need to take. You got to work with these songwriters and do this and look this way and blah, blah, blah. You got to follow that path. If someone says to me, you know what? I want to be the band like Metallica and Slayer were in the early 80s, where they came out of nowhere, they did their thing, they toured, they built it up from nothing. And then you say, fine, then you got to do it this way. Forget about those hit singles. You got to appeal to the underground. You got to do it this way. To me, it's just all about a choice how you want to do it. Any way you do it, though, I can guarantee you, even if you don't like the prepackaged stuff, it's still extremely difficult in every, in any way you choose to do it. Not one is easier or harder than the other. And I respect all artists that no matter how they choose to do it, because you still have to go through the same things of convincing people and building a fan base and, and getting people to do certain things. It's just a matter of how you would like to do it. Well, I think a lot of it, I, I think a lot of it might be, uh, you know, at right place, right time as well. You got to have a little, a little chant, a little bit of, uh, you know, randomness, a little, little luck. Always, always luck and luck, work, destiny, all that stuff. But to answer your original question, um, as far as, you know, bands with less 
good songs on a record. I, I think that the, the biggest problem with that is, is there's no such thing as artist development anymore. The record industry is so decimated. And even though it was crooked back in the day, people still put a lot of time into artist development. I mean, it took what, Def Leppard? Four records before they really became Def Leppard. ACDC right. had three or four before you really started hearing like, oh, wow, this is killer. It was very rare where a band like Metallica came out, and even on the underground, you were like, holy shit. Bands had to grow. Bon Jovi, it they were a pop band, but it took them two or three records before they had a sound, you know? Right, right, it right. It didn't happen, and that's because there was money and artist development put into it, and nowadays it's like, hey, you got a song that's okay. Put it out. See what happens. Let's make the money. Okay, boom, done. Next. Yeah, that and that's that you when you said uh, it took a few albums for those bands to do it, too. I mean, and then when they do hit it, it, it's at the, at at that point the the fan base goes oh wait shit they had other albums exactly then they go back and then they rediscover those original recordings and go wow even okay. if you look at an artist like Katy Perry she had like five records before she blew up in the pop world and they were all different each one was a different kind of music she was yeah. literally trying yeah, a, a different style a lot of her style. music is very different from she even had a gospel album a gospel she had all types of well, stuff she's the daughter of a preacher yeah, yeah. right. All kinds of, and then boom, she finally found whatever worked for her, and that's fine. And then it blew up to all the people who didn't know about this stuff. They're like, oh, overnight sensation, uh, pre-packaged, it's easy, but it wasn't. It was a hard road to get to where she got. Lady Gaga, same thing. Took her years and years and years. She was a backup dancer and a backup singer. She did all kinds of stuff, and then she finally evolved into what we see. Now, if you only see her at the top, you think, oh, well, she has all the best, biggest people behind us. It's easy, but it's very difficult to get there. Well, I, I well, tell you with what. some of them, it comes down to like in particular with pop, it comes down to great. Uh, like some of them have a lot of talent, but sure. they they get signed by some label that hooks them up with very generic songwriters, of course, because they can't write. And then mm -hmm. somebody like Katy Perry, and I like some of her music, but there's a lot of it that I'm like this is garbage. And it comes down to she doesn't write her own music. She's got you know five guys pitching her and a record label going, do these. Yeah. There's no doubt in both pop music and in country music, the artists don't write their songs. They all use songwriters. I mean, uh, and, a lot of country, that's true, but not all of it. They, they, now, the era of the country songwriter is... Dead. I don't because know if it's of, over, because of Chris Stapleton, it's starting to come back a little bit. But he was a songwriter for, for, for hit artists. But I'll tell you what, it's, it's a little fact that a lot of big metal bands that you probably love have songwriters they just do it very quietly with very sure. hush hush agreements you would be shocked how many artists have songwriters it's not oh. as the bottom line is entertainment is entertainment and it's all smoke and mirrors at some level some form there is no genuine like we're the real deal blah blah bullshit everybody's smoke and mirrors at some point in some way in some and way you're absolutely, to be. but that's it's entertainment industry. yeah it's entertainment that's right i mean it's uh not, not I, that not that there's not something genuine about it but it's just that's the way it's entertainment it's a business the music business if somebody just wanted to be you know a genuine person they love music they can take the business out of it and just play in the garage the right. the, the the romanticized uh, idea of it is very very rare totally yeah. i mean let's think about it when metallica they come off the injustice for all tour they're the biggest metal band in the world. They were the kings of metal at that point, whether you oh, love yes. them or hate them. Oh, yes. You know, you know their management sat them down and said, look, do you want to be the biggest metal band in the world 
or do you want to be the biggest band, band in, in the, the fucking world? world? Yep. And it's that simple. And they said, if you want to be the biggest band, you have to make these adjustments. And they right. did it, and it worked. For better or for worse, <laughs> they became the biggest band ever and, in heavy music. And, and yeah. that's just smart business. That's smart. That's the business point. They could have been Metallica for the rest of their lives the way they were. But they now they're now they'll always play, they'll always sell out their shows on the strength of that black album and of course their earlier records, which are and, my favorites. And it always it yeah, always makes me laugh too, because I've got a lot of friends that'll be like, oh, this is whatever band it doesn't matter what band it is, I'll just you know, we'll use Metallica at this point. Mm. Um, and they're like, Well, you know, they sold out and they did it. was like, yeah. Yes, but they're like multimillionaires at this point. Yeah. They really fucking care what you think. I mean, it's it's a business. No, that's why you know I never believed, and I love the early '90s music, the Pearl Jam's, sure. Soundgarden, but I never believed their attitude of, oh, you know, we're not in this for the, the money or the fame. Because if that was true, you would not be taking the money and performing. You just would be playing in your garage. Right. You didn't you're, care about all that other shit. Not that you have to be a, a kiss about it, and I like kiss, but you don't have to be kiss like where it's all about money. But. <laughs> but but and I like Kiss. Trust me, I wear a costume. But I never believe that. Oh, we're not into this bullshit. You're not. And then you wouldn't be fucking writing these records to go play in front of these twenty thousand people every night. That's true. Well, nobody, nobody gets into anything to not be successful. Exactly. No, I mean, exactly. if they're selling, it's not about the money. It was like, well, then why the fuck are you doing it? Unless you're a podcaster. Totally. I mean, the Metal Hand of God will sell out in a heartbeat. I'll, yes, I'll, right. I'll become a feminist overnight. If you, you, you damn right. <laughs> <laughs> But that's it. It's you know, it's it's a business, and you just pick the road you want, how far you want to take with things. That's all it is. That's why it's like I learned to respect all different people from all different genres of music because it's a choice you have to make. You know, it's a choice. Well, the the issue comes when you know, and I, I have this discussion when it comes to film and comics a lot. Right, uh, is that in any creative endeavor, there's two sides. There's the creative, and then there's sure. the financial, and and they're both. Well, not equally important. Creative's probably about the sixty percent, and financial's probably the forty. Because sure. you have to have somebody there to ground people and you know to, mm -hmm. to keep their feet to the ground. But uh, but the problem is, I think in a lot of industries right now, we're seeing you know, and I mean, just not even just creative industries, but just total. You have a bunch of jackasses with degrees who are telling creative people you know what they're allowed and what not allowed to do sure. and that's why you see so many forms of music are so prepackaged and mm -hmm. and there's a lot of you know you mentioned country music there is a like i, I couldn't name i'm a big country music fan i couldn't name for mm -hmm. you like nine people that are on the airwaves right now because it's all dudes who look more or less alike mm -hmm. and sound reasonably alike you know and it's mm -hmm. it, but that's because that's that's you what's know, selling. Corporate radio telling you, you know, well, this guy's going to sell and this guy's going to sell. And, and there's mm -hmm. nobody out there saying, well, there's a couple of guys out there saying, fuck you. But, you know, for the most part, and it's, it's certainly like that always in pop music. But, well, sure. but, but when it comes to your band, you guys have something that is completely not of, of, of the norm in, 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 a, in a sense of what I'm hearing on the radio. Mm -hmm. like, you've, got, you've got a unique sound. You've got... Uh, An accordion for fuck's sake! For crying, for crying out loud! That, I mean, that's your third enough. album. Enough. Uh, right yeah, there. there you go. I have an accordion for fuck's sake. Album number three, right there. But, album number three. <laughs> but when you're, you've got that sort of sound. You've got a band right now that, and they're very few, very few right now. That when you hear a song from that band, you're going to recognize that band. 
Uh, you know, I mean that that just true. comes that, that comes from years and years of I sat I, I sat down about ten years ago and I said you know what I'm going to throw away all my preconceived notions of music I'm going to throw away all my preconceived notions of what I want to be and mm-hmm. I'm going to figure out how to just be me and just tap into who I am and start to let that come out. And, and I think um, you've, you've, you've expressed that through your music at this point. And it's finally coming out. Like, it's finally coming out. And to me, because I listen to all kinds of music, music I didn't like, music I, I loved, I tried to figure out what the common denominator, the common thread through all these different artists and bands was, because they were all completely different, but they all had gave me the same feeling of, like, greatness. What was it? Well, I think whether on purpose or by accident – all these great artists, all they really did in the end was tap into who they really are and were able to express it to people and it resonated. And what, I realized if I could do that, then it probably would work. What what group, artist, whoever, uh, would you say, if you were to uh, be sitting around listening, your go-to sound, your go-to person that that makes you feel like, wow, this is why I got into music, who is that? For you, oh, it, um, it just depends on. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter who it is. My, I mean, my, I, my, I know. Yeah, yeah. It can be a lot of different people, but yeah. if you were to if you were to go home and pop in, uh, uh, put on a record, pop in a CD, play a tape, and you're like, yeah, this 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 is the this is the moment. This is the sound. This is the person. Who was that for you? That really influenced you. That that when you were a young kid that went. I really need to get into music. When I was a real, real little, little kid, the first time I saw Twisted Sisters, uh, We're Not Gonna Take a Video, I looked at my friend and I said, because I didn't have MTV, my parents didn't have cable, they wouldn't get it, so I didn't, I wasn't ruined by MTV, right? I had to go find my music. Yes, I did too. I looked at my friend and I said, I said, what's that? And he goes, that's Twisted Sister. And I probably was five years old and I said, that's what I want to be when I grow up. That's awesome. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I had to go to my grandmother. My grandmother was the only one who had cable. I had go. to go to my grandmother's house to watch MTV. She was she she didn't care as long as I was, I was there and I was spending time with her. My but friend I used actually, to tape Headbangers that, Ball for me. Yes. Oh, yeah. I remember Head Headbangers Ball. That was so I, good. I, I rode. Mm-hmm. I my my parents thought I I ran away. I rode <laughs> my bicycle to my grandmother's house, which would be a distance of about nineteen miles. Uh huh. To, from my house to my grandmother's house to watch the very, very, very first day that it came on. Wow. I was like, I have to be there for, for MTV. That's now crazy. I wouldn't walk across the street. Yeah. Hell well, no. But Hell there's no. no music on MTV anymore. It's all there's fucking no reality shows. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. I, I, that, that's sad to me. That's sad. Mm-hmm. I, I watch, the only thing I watch of MTV anymore is the movie awards because it's still kind of funny and it's, a, it's like a tradition for me to watch. Sure, sure. I but, get that. But it's, it's it's sad now. But I mean, I I miss the old headbangers ball. Me too. Do you you yeah. you guys remember the themes that they used? Yeah, like the intros and stuff. Uh, do you know which 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 one of y'all remember the most? Like my mine was the SOD stuff. Like when they did when oh, okay. when they did the stormtroopers. I remember that the most. I mean, a, a lot of people remember like the Pantera stuff when they did it, but. But that was like the intro that I remember, where the guy got shot in the fucking stomach with the uh, cannonball. I remember. The I remember Megadeth. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was the, the Megadeth was the news MTV news. They used yes. cells like yeah. that. Yeah. You, you hear it first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. That, those were the days, man. Now, now you can't even I, I fucking see anything. I feel bad for people coming there. up that that did not have that because they really don't have that sort of they don't they don't have that experience. 
No. Now. I mean, now it's, I can download it, but it wasn't about that. It was about being there. I mean, running home from school to, to watch that first video. You knew it was coming. You know what it wasn't? It wasn't disposable like it is now. Yes. That's sad. It's, it, Everything it's, is disposable now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, if you're a kid growing up today, you don't know any difference. So, who, I mean, that's true. Who, who know, I, you know, I it, really it makes us sound old in a way, or, or at least Wayne. Well, that's because it, you are old. Fuck off. <laughs> but but it, 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 it's, it, I feel like we're the old people at the McDonald's on we a are. Sunday morning we getting are. Our we, coffee. We are, we, are, we are our parents now. You know? I know, it's bizarre. And when our it? parents were talking, like my dad was in bands, all you know, and he would always go, I can't believe you guys listen to that shit. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, you know, that's, really? that's actually a good point. I mean, you know, when I think about my dad, I mean, I, I'm in my underwear right now, so I guess slowly <laughs> turning into him. Oh, thank God you didn't come over. You know, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. As, as hard as yeah. everything is, Sunflower Dead just played a show in Vegas, and it was a radio convention where we got to play in front of all the radio programmers from across the country. They were in one room. We played for them. And I expected to walk into that show like this is going to be boring, a bunch of suits. You know what? Those people surprised the shit out of me. They were such diehard rock bands and metal fans. It was like talking to you guys. They were That's so awesome. into what they did. And I was yeah. like, wow, this is amazing. That's so good, though. There's hope. Want, and these are people you, you that are passionate in what you do. They were passionate. They cared about rock. They cared about metal. They had seminars on how they could make it better and you know get it going again. You know, these are people uh, that just grew up like we did on the rock, on the metal, and just were all about it. And it really wasn't impressive. And That's it makes good. me so mad when people keep and, and and I hear it more now than I and I I swear in the past year year and a half people saying that that rock and and and, and is dead and 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 it and it just keeps coming up and I was like it isn't dead, no. it isn't dead. It, if if you want to hear the fucking same thing over and over again on on whatever you know pop rap radio that station they're listening to, it, you can do it. But it's the same fucking song. If you can blend. If you can, I was a DJ for years. If you can blend twenty songs together seamlessly, <laughs> yeah, seamlessly, seamlessly, <laughs> you can't do that with rock and metal. You just can't do it seamlessly, you know, because I, there's there's just not the passion for it anymore. You, you know, the only what? people that are putting out the passion, which is funny, is uh, and which is, is, is a very modern, a modern take on music, is, is the EDM people. They know their DJs. They know their sure. you know, they're, they're people. But that's what rock was. People knew their bands. You could hear mm-hmm. a guitar riff. You could hear a vocal. And, and you know who it was. You know who the hell that is. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and and it's, there's a gap there, but it's, it's got to get filled up again. And with you know bands rock, like yours, I mean, it won't dead. take long. It's not dead, but... You know, Gene Simmons was the one that really went out and said rock is dead. But you know what? The truth of what I agree with him on, rock is not dead, but the business of rock is dying. That's is struggling. Uh, that, I'll give it. you that. That's what's, and that's really what he was saying. He's going, he's going, I don't know how Kiss could have made it in today's world. They because wouldn't there's have. no one investing the money for these bands to get anywhere because there's not a lot of money to be made. They so that's have. why he's saying rock is dead. Because I think, I think if, if the rock scene really i mean i i don't know what it was gonna what it's gonna take for people to go i i, I don't know is there gonna be some sort of retro movement it was like we nah. need to bring rock back no you know what it is 
it just it just will be the the, the somebody will be inspiring at some point. It'll start up. It's it's got to because I refuse to let it die. It, it won't refuse. die. It won't die. It's just it's just the the business is on a downswing. You know, it is what it is. I, it's not like I said. If, if for those that want it, they're gonna go away. All of us that need it, we're not going anywhere. So well, for the millions the and millions of people that listen to it, you guys are doing something right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Very much. Appreciate it. All right, but anyway, yeah, man. Like, uh, like you were saying, you know, it's not gonna die. I don't believe. I, I, no. It's, it's gonna keep going. It's gonna keep pushing. It just, it's just on a downward slope right now. I mean, it, it's kind. Of, it comes in waves. You know. I mean. Look at I think, all the I, think, I think we're on a trampoline right now, and I think we're coming back up. And I hope that uh, this is the part where we hit that plateau, jump off, and just stand. Yep. It, it'll it'll happen. Everything everything goes in cycles. I mean, you can read articles from the seventies and the eighties and the nineties where they would say rock is dead, rock is dead, rock is dead. It's it's always there. It's yeah, always but if there. it was in the seventies, I think it was just disco trying to push its way through. So exactly. Far. And in the early eighties, it was the you know the uh, the new wave music where they new said rock wave. is dead. And then all of a sudden, boom, hair metal and, and all that stuff came in and took over. And the 90s, you had the grunge movement. Then you had new metal. You know, it, it just, it's just it, it'll be fine. It's just we're in a downward slope right now. But it'll and by really down, turn up. And by downward, downward slope, you mean Kanye West. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. I didn't, but I'm not going to say no. <laughs> oh, but anyway, man. Look, dude. I Look. I appreciate you coming on the show. It was fantastic to have you, man. So thank you very, um, really thank you very much. For you want to uh, go ahead and plug your websites and other stuff where people can get your music or you know come see you guys play and all that stuff. Sure, you know we're on you know Facebook, Twitter, Reverb Nation, YouTube. You can Google us, SunflowerDead.com. All the stuff that every other band is on. We're going to be on tour in the U.S. all summer long with Avatar. In this moment, hell yeah, non-point shaman's harvest. So we're going to be everywhere this summer. We got five months in a row, so we will be out in the U.S. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me very much. And so does oh, the band. Hell yeah, man! Thanks. Uh, any any fucking time you guys ever want to come back, if you're when you're done your tour, you want to come back on here and bullshit about how it went. Please awesome. hit hit us up, dude. We'll gladly make room for you anytime. And I'll, I will get a awesome. bus of freaking people. We're coming to Athens. Awesome. Sounds good. But um, again, thank you. Mike, for coming on the show, that's Mike Del Pizzo, right? Yeah, that's it. God damn, I almost messed it up. Uh, <laughs> from the band Sunflower Dead. Um, and before we uh, get out of here, we're going to play this little song for you. This is Sunflower Dead. It's time to get weird, featuring Jonathan Davis of Corn. Enjoy!
Sunflower Dead with It's Time to Get Weird. And I was your host, Wayne. Oh, I'm Adam. That's right. And I'm the rum guy. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to keep it it metal! That's it.